Wouldn't you know it, it's time to blab once again, and our two subjects this week are jewelry and wine. Now, who couldn't go for those? We're going to start in Owensboro with Jackie Sue Smith, the rightful owner of Jackie Blue Handmade, a business in which she sells her very unique jewelry and accessories online. And we'll find out all about it coming up. Then we'll take you to Central Kentucky, Jessamine County to be specific, where we find Chrisman Mill Vineyards and Winery. Co-owner Chris Nelson will tell us all about his wine, grappa, brandy, and everything else he and his wife are doing out there that's raking them in left and right. So strap yourself in. It is that time. Here comes Blabbing in the Bluegrass, Episode 12 of Season 3. Kentucky features so much more than basketball and horses. We're home to scenic spectacles and one-of-a-kind golf courses. If boating, fishing, dining, or music is your pleasure, we'll guide you to the sights and sounds that you will truly treasure. Cause we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste. From Louisville to Lewis County, Crittenden to Crittenden County, nobody but nobody blankets the bluegrass like we do here on Blabbing in the Bluegrass, exploration and celebration of all things Kentucky. Sam Moore, fresh off a killer cup of coffee here at the North Quail Motel. In stunning Henderson, KY, we're ready for a killer show today, too. In fact, I'm not going to keep you too long because we've got two wonderful guests waiting to speak to us, each with a seemingly endless font of knowledge and expertise in their respective fields. We're going to start with Jackie Sue from Jackie Blue Handmade in Owensboro. It's a wonderful online business. And Jackie Sue and I go back a little ways. We both went to Western Kentucky University at around about the same time. She was a couple of years ahead of me each time. But we both studied broadcasting as undergraduates, and we both studied communication as grad students. In fact, we had one grad school class together. It was the very first master's level class that I set foot in. And we had some fun times, got to know each other pretty well, and I could not be happier for Jackie and the success that she's had with this business. She's been able to actually start and support her family thanks to this thriving business. So we'll get the 411 on that in mere moments, and then we'll find out what Chris Nelson is up to. He and his wife, Denise, who is the chef at Chrisman Mill Vineyards and Winery in Nicholasville. Well, Denise won't be here, but Chris most certainly will be, and i tell you what, they've got it going on out there. Everything from the wine and spirits to the fairly new restaurant and the artisan deli slash bakery. No reason not to check them out, so We'll learn more about them after we talk to Jackie Sue. And before we talk to Jackie Sue, I want to reveal this week's Bluegrass Brain Buster. The goal is to do one of these each week. We will give you the question now, and we'll give you some time to ponder it while you listen to Jackie Sue and Chris, and we will have your answer at the conclusion of today's program. So, we're featuring a Jessamine County business, so I thought it was only right that we feature somebody from... 
Nicholasville today in our Bluegrass Brain Buster, somebody by the name of John Michael Montgomery. He was born in Danville, but he was raised in Nicholasville, KY, which is exactly where one of our featured businesses, Chrisman Mill Vineyards and Winery, is located. So I want to know what was John Michael Montgomery's first hit? What was John Michael Montgomery's first hit? Back in 1992 on the country charts. Back in the 90s, John Michael was king. If you were a child of the 90s like I was and you listened to country radio, there was no getting out of hearing John Michael Montgomery. And I'm glad there wasn't because <laughs> he's always been one of my faves. He and his brother Eddie, for that matter, of uh, Montgomery Gentry fame. So, but anyway, what was John Michael's first country hit? Back in 1992. You think on that, we'll let you know what it was in the program's final segment. Good luck, gang. And now, Blabbit in the Bluegrass brings you a local business landmark. Well, today we are privileged to be featuring uh, a personal friend of mine. We went to Western together and we're in the same uh, programs for uh, both bachelors and masters. She was just a little bit ahead of me in both of them. But anyway, she has uh, recently started a business. She's been making jewelry and accessories for uh, about 10 years, give or take. And uh, business is booming and our job is to make it boom a little more. So here to fill us in on Jackie Blue Handmade in Owensboro is the proud rightful owner herself. Let's hear it for none other than Jackie Sue Smith. Yay! I love that you called me Jackie Sue. That not very many people, I mean, call me that, even if I do have it on my social media. I love that you called me that, Sam. See, I love it. I mean, the, <laughs> I, I interviewed an Abby Joe not too long ago, too. I mean, that needs to be more commonplace, in my opinion. Yes, for yeah. us Southern, Southern girls. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Thank you for having me, Sam. Well, it's, it's an honor to do it, and, uh, I tell you, we we both studied broadcasting. We both studied communications. So, you know, we should have no problem blabbing our way through this thing here. You are so right. <laughs> we go with our strengths, don't we? Absolutely. But, uh, but uh, you have a strength that I don't, and that's jewelry making. So let's dive on into that here. Why don't All you, right. uh, Jackie Sue, tell us when and how exactly that you first discovered your interest and passion in jewelry making? Sure. Yeah. I, man, it is a passion of mine now. So I would say it's been 12 years now. My mom, Shelly Schmidt, she owns a salon and boutique in Owensboro, Kentucky, where I reside now. She shout owns out, a salon. Shelly. Yes. Hello. Uh, hello, mama. Um, so <laughs> she, she's been doing hair for, oh my goodness, 30 years. So in her salon, she also has a little boutique with like purses and jewelry. And so growing up, she would always go to uh, like a, a market where you buy accessories like wholesale. Uh -huh. And I went with her a few times. And of course I was always in and out of her, her shop. And I would look at all this jewelry that she had and I'd be like, mom, I can make this for you probably. <laughs> I had so much confidence in myself. I didn't realize that it's actually a little bit more challenging than just saying you can do it. But uh, I did start making a few pieces for her really just as like gifts for her and then you know branched out and started uh, making for friends and then they would start requesting certain items and that's kind of how the passion of jewelry making began that's the very beginning of it 
By the way, tell your mom she's more than welcome to do my hair. It might be the easiest haircut that she's ever done. Oh, why is that, Sam? <laughs> I'm thinning a bit up top. <laughs> hey, those might be the most challenging haircuts. You never know. <laughs> well, this is true, but <laughs> knowing Miss Schmidt, I'm sure that uh, she'd uh, make me look good some way, somehow. So. Oh, yeah. She's, she's been doing it for a while. She's a pro. Yeah, she's experienced, to say the least. Mm -hmm. so, there is a very interesting story and uh, a touching story at that, Jackie, behind the establishment of Jackie Blue Handmade and the purpose that it has served. So if you would, dear, tell us when this booming business first came to be exactly and describe how it has enabled you to start and grow your family. Yeah, I love to tell this story. It's, it's a very important uh, part of my life and my family's life. So, of course, you all heard how you know, I started making jewelry and then um, it kept growing, you know, slowly at first. It was just a side, side job um, after college. You know, I had a full-time job at different colleges and I kept making jewelry as a side hobby. And then uh, my husband and I got married in 2014 and not long after we were very eager to start a family. Right. Um, then we, uh, you know, started that process and things weren't working out uh, like we thought they should. So we sought the advice of our, our um, female, like our gynecologist. And we're like, what, what's going on here? What, you know, why am I not conceiving on my own? And so uh, after doing lots of tests, we realized that I have what's called premature ovarian failure. And so that's the loss of ovarian function at, at an early age, at a really young age. So obviously that was very daunting and devastating news oh, no doubt. at the time. And it was very confusing. And I was like, okay, well, how do I go about building a family? You know, lots of questions. So of course we started to look into our different options and adoption being one. And then uh, the other option um, being uh, using an egg donor since I didn't have any or don't have any eggs. So right. um, we weighed both options and um, ended up going the route of an egg donor and um, ironically ended up asking um, a friend or actually at the time she was really an acquaintance, I would say, not, not well known to me. I knew of her, but she was in my sorority, much younger than me, and I knew of her and I approached her um about it um I, I can't really tell you like what led me to asking her it's very i don't know i feel like it's divine that i even like reached out to her i just <laughs> it's I a god saw thing her. it is it was a god thing i i saw her um on facebook when i was scrolling one night and um you know also going through you know hard time and i just saw her and i was like she kind of reminds me of myself physically although she's much taller which is great she's she's a uh -huh. she's a 5'11 but she's very just like girl next door like active and just happy go lucky and just a really really sweet person and so I just happened to ask her like if she would be interested and as fate would have it she said she absolutely would and it's something that she's considered in the past um so from there we realized how uh, financially taxing this process would be. Oh, sure. So that brought me back to my jewelry making. You know, I did have a full 
full-time job. My husband had a full-time job. We were doing fine, but this was an added financial piece that we were not expecting. So that's where I looked to my jewelry business. Um, not only was it like a form of therapy for me while I was going through, um, you know, this receiving this news, this very devastating news, oh, yeah. um, it was kind of an escape, but also I looked at it as, wow, this could be an opportunity for me to make money on the side to be able to afford this treatment. And so that's what I did. I, you know, I, I had a fire lit under me cause I, you know, really wanted to build a family. So I ramped it up and I ended up at that point, I, I, I started at like an Etsy page and sure. so people could go on there and make it a little easier and just did lots of like posting images to my Facebook, my personal Facebook page and people would be like, I want one, I want one. So it, it started out like that. And, um, it really, uh, just started growing from there, like each year, just growing bigger and bigger. And, um, I started right. getting better and better at it. So, um, luckily that, that piece, my jewelry making piece was able to help us, you know, pay for those infertility treatments along with our full-time jobs and the support of other people, family members, handing us checks, like just such just wonderful, thoughtful people being a part of our life. And we did some other fundraising activities as well, but, but jewelry making really was a huge piece of us being able to uh, go through that process and welcome our daughter, our first daughter, September, 2017 Channing. And then, right. uh, yes. And then um, most recently, just this May, Sylvia. And so we're just very oh. thankful um, for my, the support of our community and, um, yeah, everything that we've been through, it's just, it's all worth it now. Absolutely. Channing and Sylvia have yes. uh, raised the worlds with the, with the, their presence, thanks to uh, the support of Jackie Blue Handmade. In reflecting upon the uh, remarkable success that you've already achieved with Jackie Blue Handmade, uh, what are you most proud of thus far, Mrs. Smith? First of all, that was very sweet of you to say the remarkable success. That makes me feel so flattered. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I do. That's, that's, uh, that's very, <laughs> that, that's some strong words there and I love it. Um, so, you know what I'm most proud of with this business is, you know, I never thought that I would have a business that actually also has a mission or a purpose. Like, you know, I just have always seen like work, like, oh, you work to make money, boring, you know? So I am so thankful that I've found something that I actually can give back to the community. I can do for others. It can have a purpose and not just a piece of jewelry. That's what I'm most proud of for sure. I am able to help others that are going through what my husband and I have gone through. Oh, absolutely. Because everybody wants to make money, but you're, you know, you've got uh, an additional purpose there. <laughs> yes. And that makes it, that makes it worthwhile. That, that helps you to um, avoid the burnout because you know, that there's a bigger purpose here. There's yeah. no telling how many thousands and thousands and thousands of pieces of jewelry I've made, but I continue to enjoy it because I know it just has a bigger purpose than me. So you, you could probably make half of that stuff in your sleep now too. <laughs> I feel like sometimes that's when my best ideas come when I'm sleeping. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Those are the days you wake up feeling real creative. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're so right. Now for uh, for those Jackie Sue who aren't yet familiar with your work, uh, give us a bit of an overview of the specialty 
sensations that you create on a regular basis? Obviously, most of it jewelry related. Yes, it is. So, oh man, we have a wide variety. So it started out very um, heavy in like gemstone beads. That's what that's what our specialty is, is using gemstones to create like beaded bracelets. And we also do necklaces. Um, we also, right now, unfortunate, unfortunately with COVID and mask wearing, we're doing a lot of um, mask holders, you know, like lanyards to hold people's masks around their neck. Oh, yeah. um, and, um, and then also we do a really unique piece. Um, Apple watches are obviously a huge hit. And so we do, we actually create beaded Apple watch bands. So that's a really popular piece right now. Um, you know, words are, or like kids names or initials are, are really big on bracelets and necklaces. So we do that. And then birthstone, we do a lot of birthstone related jewelry. So people could get their kids birthstones on a bracelet or a necklace. So we do a wide variety. I really love to make pieces that are meaningful to people. Uh, that's why I do a lot of like birthstone related jewelry and, and words and initials and that kind of thing. Oh yeah, that's that's really touching. And you know, chances are, if you don't have an Apple Watch, you know somebody who does. So, you yeah. know, <laughs> I mean, a lot of us could use Apple Watch bands. So, yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And you do uh, you do some t-shirts too, don't you? I do. Yeah, I just recently started dabbling in that. Like, I just I like to dabble in a little bit of everything, Sam. Sometimes sure. it gets a little overwhelming how my brain works. Sometimes I want to do too many things <laughs> at once. <laughs> but yeah, um, I have a new employee. I mean, she's been on a couple months now, but she is very creative in like digital artwork. And I always have like ideas in my head, but I'm not creative in digital artwork. So I tell her my ideas and she brings them to fruition in images and then we put them on shirts and t-shirt dresses and that kind of thing. But it's a very, you know, just a couple things on our website right. with that. But uh, just to kind of, I don't know, fulfill my other side of me. Yeah, <laughs> I, saw, I, saw link for, uh, <laughs> I saw a link for tees on there. So I thought, well, we might as well touch on that a sec. Well, shout out, yeah. to, your, shout out to your new employee. What's her name? Rebecca. She's great. And then I have one um, named Emily as well. And they're just wonderful. They help me create and, and they let me bounce ideas off of them. And they're just, they keep me going. Emily and Rebecca. So that's <laughs> between Emily and Rebecca and Jackie Sue, that's the triple threat right there. Absolutely. We are. <laughs> the triple threat that makes up Jackie Blue Handmade. Now, uh, perfecting your charming creations generally isn't easy and generally doesn't happen overnight, although you think up ideas in your sleep. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, know it's, uh, I know it's the labor of love, dear, but just out of curiosity, which items tend to be the most challenging and uh, time-consuming for you to conquer? I would say uh, the Apple Watch bands are probably my most challenging creations because uh, we have to get them to fit um, a person's wrists like perfectly. So I rely heavily on my customers to give me a really accurate wrist measurement so that we can make it perfect for them. So those are probably my most challenging and time-consuming pieces. Um, we do some like hammering um, of letters like on metal cuffs and on charms. So sometimes that's kind of uh, tricky to get the, you have to 
hand stamp each letter individually. And oh, so sometimes yeah. it's very challenging to get those straight and even. Uh, so that takes some mastery. Um, let's see. Letter I think those hand are probably sounds painful. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot of work, but I enjoy that. I do. Um, like we said, though, it's a labor of love. <laughs> it is. It's, it's really loud. I have to like, I have to take my newborn out of the room whenever I'm hammering because it's pretty loud and it startles her. But oh, those yeah. are probably my two most challenging and time-consuming <laughs> pieces that I work on. Now, how much time do those Apple Watch bands normally take? Oh, man. My husband always asks me how long it takes for me to do things, and I never, I can never give him an answer because, I'll tell you why, I start it, and then I have a crying baby. I start it, right. and then I have a toddler that's like, I'm hungry. <laughs> so, but, <laughs> you have to stop so what you're really doing, to tell you like if I could sit down and just do it like how what the actual timing is oh I would say um 20 30 minutes not not terribly long well that's but... a lot quicker than than most folks but yeah if only we could have that stopwatch that would like instantly stop and start when you weren't tending <laughs> yes. to babies exactly. <laughs> yeah maybe that's uh an invention I can go to work on one of these things. there you go you might have to wait a bit. Now, uh, which magnificent masterpieces from Jackie Blue Handmade seem to be the most highly sought after these days? I would definitely say our birthstone jewelry is very popular because it means something to people. So a lot of people will gift those to new moms, maybe with their the birthstone of their new baby or a um, maybe for Mother's Day. That's always a huge hit for Mother's Day, um, putting all of their children's birth month on a bracelet or a necklace. Um, also, for if somebody's lost a loved one, a lot of people will gift those. Um, and I'd say the, that's, a, that's a well-rounded piece that's very popular, but also the Apple Watch fans, I would say, are very highly sought after because they're not very many people make those and a, a lot of people don't make them to fit your wrist perfectly so I think yes. those are probably my most popular those two things that's one example of the custom creations yes from, uh, <laughs> from Jackie Bloom handmaids which we will uh dive on into in fact that's perfect timing Jackie did you did you coordinate this I did. I did. <laughs> I'm that good, Sam. <laughs> you, all weekend long, you did nothing but uh, brainstorm thought-provoking answers to these questions. I did. I did. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> or it might be the, the master's degree. It's finally coming in handy, Sam. There you go. Well, <laughs> we knew it would at some point. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. But yes, speaking of customs, that is one of Jackie Blue Handmaid's most commendable services is the uh, fulfillment of custom orders uh, uniquely tailored for valued patrons. So, Jackie Sue, um, in addition to those Apple watch bands, which can be custom to fit any wrist, uh, give us a rundown of the other custom creations that you're capable of crafting upon request. Well, I do a lot of like larger custom orders. So a lot of bridal party jewelry, which is really fun to do. So they'll send me like their vision board or their dress or their bridesmaids dresses and their favorite colors. And then I'll create like bracelets, necklaces, earrings for their bridal party. And then a lot of times I'll create the jewelry for the bride as well. 
So that's a fun, a fun one to do. Um, recently, we did some hand stamp cuffs for a sports team. It was a softball team that oh. got like state runner up. And so we, we hand stamped for that whole team. How about um, that? We've done, yeah, we've done some for a school where we stamped, I think, I cannot remember what I stamped. And that's crazy because I stamped it a million different times. On, it's all a blur cuffs, now, isn't it? I think, I think it was probably um, either the name of their school or their mascot or something. So we do a lot of like large custom orders for companies or teams or bridal parties. So it's always fun to do those. That's cool stuff. Now, this uh, this softball team that you hand stamped for, um, where in Kentucky are they? Do you know? I don't think that they were. I don't think they're in Kentucky. I think they're actually an Indiana team. Oh, okay. Um, so Jackie, yeah, Jackie sure. Blue Handmade extends well beyond the border. In fact, I know you sell to uh, boutiques cross country. So that's yep. what's the um, farthest boutique away from Owensboro that you do business, that you sell to? You know, so I used to sell to lots of boutiques and I will say that was more of like a getting me started type thing that I did uh -huh. like to get my name out there. But I actually recently have pulled back on that um, because my website keeps us so busy that it's, it's hard for me to like want to send out like wholesale stuff across the nation when, you know, customers are, are keeping me busy with my website. So I've kind of pulled back on that, but I do, um, and, and actually some of the places that had, had my jewelry would have been like um, Florida, Tennessee, um, Indiana, of course, Kentucky. Sure. Um, and I know there were a few, I have a list of all the ones that I've done over the years and I cannot remember all their different locations. I think I had one out in California. That was probably the farthest one. Yeah, that's gotta be. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep, that's gotta be. Unless I'm going to another country. But, um, or Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, or, or Hawaii, that would be awesome. Uh, but yeah, so recently I've just kind of cut back on that because I just don't have the extra time to devote because when you do boutique orders, you're having to provide like a huge like bulk order and I just don't always have time to provide that. So I keep it, uh, I have a few local people in Owensboro that like to keep my jewelry and I absolutely love to partner with them. So I, I continue to do that. And there's one in Indiana as well that I partner with still, but, but yeah, right. I've kind of minimized that a little bit just uh, due to timing restraints. Sure. But now you're uh, your mama probably keeps some of your stuff in her boutique, does she not? He absolutely does. See, she, I mean, yep, he sure does. Yep. <laughs> your your biggest supporter. She's got to keep some of her daughter's stuff handy at all times. That's <laughs> of course she's a proud mama. You know, that's that's practically a law. Now, while perusing your website, Jackie Sue, I noticed a number of drastic discounts on marvelous merchandise. So, why don't you walk us through the splendid specials available to customers for a limited time only. Yeah, right now we're actually doing like a back to school 25% off. So occasionally I do sales and just so happens I'm doing one now. And I know you said that this would air Wednesday, so it'll it still be going on through back to school because here in Owensboro, they start Wednesday, um, at least and here in, in the- Henderson, they start oh, on perfect. Wednesday. Perfect. Um, so I'm going to keep it through the week. So any of your listeners are welcome to go and get that 25% off. And my jewelry is already very affordable. So it's even more affordable now. 
Exactly. So that's 25% off everything, right? That's it. How You're about right. that? I mean, that is yep. just a, that's a steal practically. It is. It and, is. Uh, yeah, I've noticed that August 11th is a very popular day for starting school in several Kentucky counties. So yes. when, uh, <laughs> when this comes out, a lot of people will be, uh, they'll have their first day of school behind them. And a lot of teachers can then go online that night and get a little retail therapy from Jackie Blue Handmade. I'm sure they're going to need it after day one. <laughs> exactly. I remember those first days of school. They always, oh, yeah, I'll tell you, for stressful. It's, it's stressful even for the students. I can imagine how it must be for the teachers. But You're anyway, right. um, what tips and tricks, Jackie, would you recommend for those in our audience who may be aspiring to follow in Jackie Sue's footsteps and produce handmade jewelry and accessories of their own even though of course they're not going to be as good as Jackie Sue's oh that's not true <laughs> I hope, no. if I'm teaching somebody I hope they're better um, okay so oh man there's so many things okay I would say the best piece of advice is to utilize your customers for creative ideas because some of the best ideas come directly from my customers I have to give them credit because they'll come to me with a custom order like you and I talked about, Sam, and they'll they'll be like, can you do this, this, and this? And I'm like, wow, that, that looks really cool. You're like, and oh, so, I never really thought about that. I never really thought about that. So then I will post a picture of it on my social media, and then what do you know? Everybody wants one. So I have to give my customers credit for ideas. Um, I'm just the the one that executes it. And so um, I would I would that would be my piece of advice is listen to, you know, what your customers want. You know, they have utilized them and have some of the best ideas. Sure. Yeah. Keep an open mind to what the masses want and try to cater to them. And that's. <laughs> yes. While That'll... still putting your own creative personal touch on it as well. Right. Exactly. Yeah. If you've got to have, <laughs> you've got to put your unique two cents in there and Yes. In the case of Jackie Blue Handmade, it's pretty unique. So, yeah. Thank you. Yes, indeed. So, y'all keep that in mind if you're trying to, uh, you know, get into the business of uh, producing handmade masterpieces. Well, uh, Jackie, this has been great. I hope you've had as much fun as I've had. I have. It's been a blast. I'll tell you one more thing before we take you out of the hot seat here. Although okay. hopefully it hadn't been that hot. No. Uh, in 30 seconds or less, give us your best sales pitch for Jackie Blue Handmade as a one-stop shop for breathtaking beauties at basement bargains. Oh, I love, I love this question, Sam. This is a good one. <laughs> um, it, it brings you back to broadcasting and you have to write your like one-liners. Or... <laughs> so here's what I would say um, if I'm pitching my jewelry. I would say when you wear a piece of Jackie Blue Handmade, you're not just wearing a piece of jewelry, you're wearing the heart of a small business, you're wearing the heart of a young lady who longed to be a mom, you're wearing the, the heartbreak and triumphs of a journey that brought two miracle little baby girls, and- So far. <laughs> and, that's right, so far, and you're wearing the hopes of future families as Jackie Blue Handmade continues to help others grow their family. See, how about that? So not only are you- wearing a great piece of jewelry, but you're also supporting a family and you're supporting a dream. Absolutely. Of, uh, 100%. <laughs> Jackie Blue Handmade. So get online and find out what she's all about. JackieBlueHandmade.com is her website. You can also 
uh, find her at uh, Jackie Blue Handmade on Facebook. It's Jackie Blue Handmade on Instagram. It's just Blue Handy as uh, actually Handmade, I should say. Blue Handmade. That's right. Yep. on um, Twitter. And am I leaving any social media outlets out there, Jackie Sue? I didn't even know I had a Twitter, Sam. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I could be of service for you somehow here today. <laughs> I didn't, but I believe you. <laughs> yeah, I found it on there. <laughs> either That's Emily, hilarious. Either that Emily or Rebecca funny. must have started it for you. <laughs> I think it probably started a year, like 10 years ago, and I've not, I mean, who knows? It's yep. so Blue Handmade old. is where it's at. That's Blue. funny. I love it. I have to go check it out. <laughs> then, of course, your, your Facebook and Instagram, that's, uh, that's just Jackie Blue Handmade. So that's... Yes, that's where they can find me. That's where they can find you, and they can hit you up with uh, any suggestions, or they can email you on the website. What's that email address, dear? That is JackieBlueHandmade at gmail.com. Oh, no, that's not easy to remember. I don't know what is. So <laughs> JackieBlueHandmade at gmail.com. Hit her up via Facebook, Instagram, uh, email any of those outlets and uh, find out what she's all about at Jackie Blue Handmade in Owensboro and uh, coast to coast, border to border, regardless of where you are. She'd be glad to hear from you. Well, Jackie Sue, you've been awesome, and we'll have to do this again sometime. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate you um, having me. It was so good to catch up with you. There you have it, guys and gals, from Apple watch bands to T-shirts to birthstone jewelry. Jackie Sue, Emily, and Rebecca, they know what they're doing at Jackie Blue Handmade. In fact, you can reap the benefits. I will link you to their website in my show notes. We encourage you to click on there and find out what they've got going. From the time this comes out, as we mentioned, this will first be available on August the 11th, Wednesday, and at that point, you will still have a few days to log on and take advantage of back-to-school bargains, 25% off everything in the store. That's right. Anything you can find on the website, it's reduced one-fourth of the actual retail price. You won't want to miss that, especially you teachers who will have conquered one day of school with 179 remaining for most of you, but who's counting? So get on that website and enjoy a nice shopping spree. We couldn't be happier that Jackie Sue was able to join us today to speak of this marvelous merchandise. And while you're online feasting your eyes on everything that Jackie Blue Handmade has to offer. Who wouldn't want to partake in a simply sensational glass of wine? It's yet another Blabbit in the Bluegrass tourist temptation. Well, we are now beyond blessed to be joined by the owner of a crown jewel in Jessamine County, known for their uh, locally produced wine and uh, also, brandy and grappa. If you don't know much about grappa, we will educate you as we go along here. There's also a, a very enjoyable artisan deli and bakery on site and the Fuego Grill restaurant. So we've got a lot to cover at the uh, soon-to-be world-famous Chrisman Mill Vineyards and Winery. And we will talk right here, right now, to the co-owner along with his wife. Well, Denise isn't here, but... Her husband is, so let's make welcome Mr. Chris Nelson. Thank you, Sam. Good to be with you. <laughs> Chris, it's great to have you on board 
And uh, we're anxious to hear all about Chrisman Mill there in Nicholasville. Now, have you uh, have you lived in Nicholasville in Chesman County all your life? We moved to the Lexington area from Houston, where I finished up my medical training in 1996, and we bought the property that we established the vineyard on that fall. We planted the first vines in 97 and made wine from the first vintage, which was the 98 vintage, and we've been running ever since. We're tickled pink to have you and your vineyards and winery in Kentucky. Now, first off, Chris, why don't you tell us what gave you and your wife, Denise, the desire and the inspiration to enter the business of winemaking? Well, I started off in my last two years in college making wine, and then I met Denise uh, right after that in medical school, and she and I made wine together. In fact, we created a, uh, a Riesling wine to give out as presents to all of our groomsmen and bridesmaids as something unique that we made together. Um, so oh, that yeah, was how, that. yeah, that's how we kind of got started together making wine. I'd done it for a couple of years, as I said, in college. Um, earliest uh, wine I made was a cranberry rosé. It was awful. It was uh just rot gut stuff but that was the only fortunately the only wine I've ever ruined and it's always been good since then <laughs> well I'm sure even that wasn't as <laughs> as bad as you thought it was and, and uh, I tell you it's been a a wonderful journey for you ever since I know now what what year did the winery itself open so we uh we started producing wine in 1998 and from that point until 2003 we had tasting rooms in the Lexington area we're located in Jessamine County, Kentucky, which is uh, a dry county, or actually it's a, what's called, the, the state calls it a damp or a moist county. The, the city limits of Nicholasville within that are wet, which is our county seat, but in the county it's dry. And so initially we had to have tasting rooms in the Lexington area to uh, sell our products and farmers markets and, and, uh, and festivals and that kind of thing. And then in 2000, uh, uh, myself and Chuck Smith from Smithberry Winery and Eddie O'Daniel from Spring Hill Winery, uh, we got some legislation passed with our legislative sponsor in Frankfurt that allowed a local option election in a dry county to allow wine to be sold in that precinct of that county if the members of that precinct voted to support it. And so in 2003, we held our vote and we passed it. And so we broke ground on our tasting room out here at the vineyard. And in the fall of 2003, we opened for business with a tasting room here at the Vineyard. And we've been going ever since here at the Vineyard and also supporting a Lexington tasting room until a few years ago when we moved the entire operation out here to the Vineyard. Okay, so the Hamburg venue closed down a few years ago. It did. We started our first tasting room uh, at the corner of High and Limestone in Lexington. Uh, then we moved to um, the Victorian Square shops for a few years. Then we moved to Hamburg for 10 years and then Fayette Mall for a couple. And uh, since uh, about three years ago now, we've been out here at the Vineyard exclusively. There you go. But well worth the drive out to Nicholasville, not only for um, Christmas meal, but also just because it's the uh, home of John Michael Montgomery. Do you know John Michael by chance? I don't know him personally, but um, he's definitely uh, obviously a famous person from our county and oh, yeah. um, been to his concerts. Uh, but I, I, we have not met personally. I went to his restaurant when he had his restaurant open as well. And he lived for a while right over here off of Bethany, which is uh, literally two minutes from my house. There you go. So y'all didn't live far apart anyhow. Correct. <laughs> well, you'll, you'll meet one of these days. Now, as we just talked about, Chris, uh, your commendable wine career and your uh, marriage to Denise began pretty much simultaneously as you two 
created a special concoction to celebrate your wedding day. So uh, tell us what you remember most about this winemaking experience and uh, fill us in on the, the masterpiece that ultimately became of it. Well, that was the first time that we made wine together. So it was very special because um, up to that point, you know, I'd been really just making wine in college and Denise didn't have much of a winemaking background, but it was the first venture we put together. And that's where our creative talents came together, wherein I made the wine that went in the bottle, but Denise did the beautiful label work that went on the outside of the label. And so, and then we gave that, as I said earlier, to present as presents to our groom, uh, groomsmen and bridesmaids at our wedding. Sure. And it was a, basically a nice um, culmination of both of our artistic efforts, my, myself, what I put inside the bottle and what Denise labeled it with and made it look beautiful on the outside. That's pretty awesome that uh, you were able to do that. And I know they all enjoyed it. Now, the Commonwealth is producing an enormous amount of wine these days with new wineries emerging on a regular basis. So, uh, Mr. Nelson, why don't you explain why Chrisman Mill is Kentucky's gold standard in locally produced wine? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting to think back because, you know, the once upon a time, I couldn't say this, but now I can. We're one of the longest running wineries in Kentucky now here, 24 years in or so. And oh, I believe it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when we first moved here in 96, uh, there were only four wineries and we were one of those four. And so now we're one of over 70. And so the other four that were, or the three besides us that were running at that time are, are no longer wineries. And so what I, what I think we have over some of the others and makes us different is just the 20, almost a quarter century of experience working with Kentucky grapes, the climate, knowing uh, what regions produced, uh, what produced what grapes the best. And, and we've learned a lot along those lines. Uh, for instance, uh, Kentucky, central Kentucky, really people probably don't think about this as a cool climate, but in grape terms, it is a later ripening, cooler climate than uh, three or four hours west of here in Western Kentucky. And where so, I live. <laughs> is that where you live? Well, yeah, I've learned that over the years, you know, that I have had growers across the state bringing grapes in, and some of them are well-situated to grow a particular grape in their climate, and some are not so well-situated. So we've had that experience of working with grapes from across the state now for over a quarter century, and you learn a lot in that time. And, and I've also learned a lot about what grapes do and do not grow well on my own property, and we have um, dug up and, and replanted some of the vineyards on our own property to try to express best what we can do right here on our own property. So I think that's one of the things we have. We also uh, have learned over the time that we've been here, we need to be very diversified as a business. You cannot do one thing. And as most businesses know, if you're not moving forward, innovating and creating new exciting experiences for your customers, you're really basically moving backwards. And so we have continually added on um, new and exciting things for our customers to enjoy, both in our Lexington tasting rooms and out here at the vineyard including, I think you're going to get into it a little later, the restaurant, um, oh, yeah. and, and more recently, the distillery, which we're also very excited about. Yes, indeed. Those are two uh, unique and important features. And yes, we will talk about the rum and the, the Fuego grill specialties as we go along, because my mouth's watering just thinking about them. But uh, now we obviously can't go wrong with uh, any of Chrisman Mills' one-of-a-kind wines. If you would, however, though, Chris, uh, tell us which ones currently seem to be the biggest sellers and give us a description of these tasty temptations. 
Well, that's a really good question. And it's been a very interesting journey since we started to where we are now. When, when we first moved here, what we found was our sweeter wines sold um, much better than our drier wines. And oh, wow. so we really catered our selection mostly to the semi-sweet, to the sweet side of wine production. But as we have matured as a winery and gained a reputation, um, the drier wines that people enjoy, the dry white and the dry reds, the barrel-aged reds, have really developed quite a following and, and respect among customers who enjoy those types of wines. And so um, a good example is our Norton Reserve. And Norton is a red grape that grows well in the East. It's another one that we've learned where to grow it. And the Western Kentucky fruit has been the better fruit, to be honest, than the Central Kentucky fruit where we're slightly cooler. Norton wants a longer, hotter climate. And so we have uh, taken our Central Kentucky Norton and bottled that in a multi-vineyard bottling that's good. But the, the real flagship of our, of our red collection is our Norton Reserve. And it's very small production, only one or two barrels a year. And it's always done in new oak. And the fruit that comes in from Western Kentucky for my grower out there is just beautiful. And the best fruit really, I think you can get in the state. Um, Norton has interesting flavors. Uh, I call the brown spices. So clove, nutmeg, and cinnamon. It's a very unique varietal. And when it's put into new oak barrels, it, it produces a, a, a beautiful, deep uh, crimson colored, uh, very rich wine with a lot of flavor. And it keeps well. Um, I've learned that the Norton Reserve really hits its stride about seven to eight years in the bottle, which is unusual for red wines from the Eastern US. Right. Um, and, and our Norton Reserve right now, for instance, is our 2013. And some people would look at that and say, wow, that's pretty old. But for Norton, it's just hitting its stride and mellowing out and becoming a really beautiful wine. So now's when it reaches its peak. And so it's well worth the, the patience to wait, exactly. <laughs> wait your time to sip and sample. Now, just out of curiosity, where is your, where is your grower in Western Kentucky? He is in the Owensboro area in a little area oh. called Utica, Kentucky. Yeah, Davis County. I'm from Henderson, so I'm one county over from him. Okay. But we'll give a shout out to him. What's his name? His name is Bruce Kunze. And I'm sure the locals know him. He ran for uh, state representative a few years ago. Yeah, I seem to have heard that name. So kudos to Bruce Coonsy for some great grapes. Now, Chrisman Mill holds uh, an impressive distinction, Chris, as Kentucky's only brandy house. So why don't you give us an overview of the lip-smacking brandies that are proudly produced right there on site? Sure. Well, Chrisman Mill is the winery, and for many years, we have wanted to make uh, distilled spirits, but we could not hold a license. But in 2018, the state legislature passed a, a bill that allowed a winemaker to hold a distiller's license as well. And so it's always been our goal to try to keep, as I said earlier, keep adding on products and keep expanding our horizons and new challenges for me creatively. Also, uh, you know, you really need as, a, as an artist trying to, to keep expanding what you do and keep challenging yourself and so exit that comfort zone <laughs> exactly exactly you've got to get you've got to take some risks and get outside your comfort zone and and see what you can do um i've enjoyed distilled spirits and cocktails most of my adult life and and but i could never make those with wine and one of the things that links the two together of course is port and port is a wine that is uh, fermented and then you add spirits to stop the fermentation at the sugar level that you want and you have a sweet high alcohol dessert style wine so we have a, a port in the making um, it's not ready yet, but it will be out. It'll be released next year. Okay. But um, the, uh, the the brandy brandy is basically distilled wine. Bourbon is distilled beer. Uh, rum is distilled molasses. And 
brandy is distilled wine. So you take a really nice harvest of grapes, you, you produce a wine from that, and then you put that in the still and distill it, and you get all the goodies uh, and the alcohol out, and it concentrates all the delicious flavors. And so we're branding ourselves as a brandy house now with Hummingbird Ridge Distillery, which is our distillery, to produce fine brandies and also rum. And uh, we've released our first uh, rum. It's a silver rum. It's used um, for making cocktails primarily, although it's a nice sipper as well. And we've now released our first clear brandy and also our first grappa, which I know you're going to get to, which is a special brandy. And I'll talk about the production of that if you like. Yes, indeed. Exactly. Yep. You are a, a producer of grappa. That's an Italian wine uh, or Italian brandy, shall we say. And it's a, a definite crowd pleaser. And uh, why don't you talk a little bit about grappa um, as you knew we were going with this. And why don't you tell our listeners if they've never had the pleasure, what exactly makes grappa so special? Sure. Well, grappa is a, a distilled spirit, a brandy uh, made from grapes. But the way that grappa is made is a little bit unique. So unlike a normal brandy where we take our white grapes and we press out the juice and make a wine from that, or we take our red grapes, we, we ferment them with the skins and press that up and make a red wine, the byproduct of that leftover are the skins, the pulp, and the seeds that come out of the press when you press away either the white juice for the white wine or the red wine from the red wine fermentation where the skins have been involved in the, in the fermentation tanks. You take those, normally would take those skins, seeds, and pulp and you would put them in a compost heap and they would, they would uh, compost over time and you put that back in the vineyard and fortify your soil. But instead of doing that, you take the skins, seed and pulp that you've pressed out and you put them into a bin, add some water, a little sugar to get the alcohol content up. You ferment that into a basically a bonus or secondary wine and then you distill that to make a grappa. And so you get a lot of the um, a lot more of the greener uh, uh, vegetal flavors out of the grapes than you do when you make a regular wine out of them from the first fermentation. And it's a really interesting spirit. It's not for everybody. And I distill mine and bottle it at a slightly higher proof. Mine's at 94 proof or 47% alcohol because I did not want to dilute some of those wonderful vineyard flavors that you bring in. And the other wow. unique thing about our grappa is it's a completely estate bottled product. It's, it actually is partly, mostly estate bottled. It was grown from the, or made from the grapes grown on my property, as well as the Western Kentucky vineyard that I spoke of earlier. There you go. So a combination of Western and Central Kentucky grapes and patrons can sample that along with plenty of other things in your tasting room as well, correct? Absolutely. Everything's on sample here. Um, we also show up at festivals, um, but the tasting room here at the vineyard is the way to see everything, including all the wines the distilled spirits, the cocktails that we shake from the spirits, and also our, our sangrias that we've become well known for. Ah, sangria, that just <laughs> sounds quite tasty. Now, you uh, you talked a little bit about the rums that you produce. Well, right now we have a silver rum and we have an aged rum that I'm still working on, so it's still aging. But gotcha. the, the silver rum or clear rum uh, is very unique and, and very special because of the way that I make it. Um, we named it Streamer Tail. Each of our because our distillery is called Hummingbird Ridge, each of our uh, distilled products are named after a hummingbird. And so, oh, cool. Our, yeah, our rum is called Streamer Tail Rum. And the Streamer Tail Hummingbird is a hummingbird found in Jamaica and it is the national bird of Jamaica. They call it the doctor bird because it has a very, the male has a very long forked tail that looks like the old uh, tuxedos that um, the early frontier doctors used to wear. And that's uh, the, the way we tie it to Jamaica. Now, why Jamaica? 
Well, I make it in a Jamaican style. And the way the Jamaicans make the rum is first of all, they start off with blackstrap molasses, which is the darkest finished molasses after three boilings to make sugar. The molasses that's left is like motor oil. It's a very dark, thick syrup. Um, and uh, it's used in baking, it's used in cookies, but the Jamaicans use it to make rum from. So we take organic blackstrap molasses. And then the way that they ferment it is the way I do it. They ferment, normally when you make rum, you can ferment the molasses for two or three days and you're ready to put it in the still and make a, a rum from it and distill it out. But the way the Jamaicans do it is really special. They let it ferment for three or four weeks. And in that situation, you get not only the alcohol produced by the yeast, but you get some secondary uh, fermentations by uh, other wild yeast and bacteria that inhabit that fermentation. And it adds to complexity and aroma in the final uh, distillate that you get out of the still to make your uh, rum from. So I make it in a very Jamaican style. It's a very aromatic, flavorful mm. rum that makes delicious cocktails. <laughs> Streamer tail, rum and a cocktail, that just sounds heavenly. What's your personal favorite of the many wines that you produce? If you and your wife are just having a, a nice, uh, easy going night, or maybe you're partying and you, you want to make a toast, what, what's y'all's favorite wine of the I ones think, that you produce? I think our favorite is another one we haven't spoken of yet. And, you know, I, I've tried to be very true to Kentucky grown grapes throughout our winemaking trip here. But one sure. wine that I produced and, and released a few years ago now is an old vine Zinfandel. When I when I drink European or Californian wine, I love the, the Zinfandel grape. And so I've always wanted to make a Zin. And the only reason that I didn't was because we've always been trying to be true to Kentucky grown grapes. But I found a vineyard in Lodi, California. That's a single vineyard that's now about 73 years old grapes. Um, this vineyard produces very small amounts of fruit, which is, as you might imagine, very concentrated and very special. And so I found, uh, met a grape broker many years ago who contracts with vineyards out there. And I called uh, Mike and I talked with him and told him what I was looking for. And he said, I've got a, I've got a vineyard owner. I think it'd be very much what you're looking for. So he hooked me up with Dana and um, we bought grapes from him. We bring them in on a refrigerated truck after they're harvested. So they stay cool and we unload the lugs and I do all the fermentation, the crushing, distemming and fermentation right here on the property. And we age that in about 80% uh, second fill and 20% new oak for, for a year and bottle that. And so we have, a very nice old vine Zinfandel that our customers have really loved and uh, has been selling very well. Oh, I believe it's old vine Zinfandel. Remember that? Maybe, you know, if if you go to like it, maybe Chris and Denise will invite you over to their house to partake in it with them someday. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, gosh. Now, um, in addition to the um, aforementioned specialties, you can also take a tour of Chrisman Mill. If you would, Chris, uh, without any major spoilers, give us a snapshot of what we can expect to learn and sample while we're taking a tour. Okay, and I have to be honest and forthright with everybody. We This year, we've had to suspend our tours just because of uh, coronavirus. Oh, and, understandable, um, understandable. Yeah, but, on, but last year, and, and we anticipate hopefully uh, this next year, we'll get back to business as usual on a tour. Uh, I take you through a journey from the vineyard where we literally have a hands-on touching of grapes and leaves and talk about how grapes are grown and what varieties have, we've learned uh, make the wines that we like to make here in, in central Kentucky. Uh, on to the crush pad where the grapes are processed, where the grapes are literally separated from the stems by a special machine called a distemmer, um, how they're put into the press and the, the juice is squeezed out. We go into the production area where we show how the wines are fermented in tank and how we do punch downs on red wines. 
Um, and then finally, we, we showed everybody the bottling line, the barrel stack where the barrel aging occurs, and we get to taste the, the bottled wines at the end of the tour. And it's a one-on-one -on -one with me. Um, so it's a very special experience for our customers who really wanna geek out on wine and, and learn how we do it here. And I enjoy it very much because it helps connect me with our customers and get to learn their names. And I think we produce lifelong fans when we do that, when you really, they know that they're dealing with and, and learning from the owner of the business. It's not an employee that we have, although we love our employees. I think that when you're touring and showing your passion for what you do, it really needs to be the people who make the wine and, and have the passion for, for doing something special in Kentucky. And that's what I try to do with those tours. Amen. So you'll be touring with the, the winemaker, the distiller, the producer of everything they've got now um how many well under normal circumstances uh, how how big can the groups be do you have like a max or we do we've done um up to about 12 people when we've had the tours um and so we anticipate trying to keep it small so it's special um at the end sam what we do is we we sit down at a long table um and all uh sample and drink together and enjoy some uh parent food pairings as well that denise prepares in the kitchen so it's a a really special experience and we want to keep that limited in numbers so that everybody feels well taken care of and um and a special part of the of the experience here absolutely now how many how many different types of wine do they get to sample there at the end we'll generally do three to five wines depending on what they would like to do um starting with something like an aperitif um, and going through the dry wines and sweet wines in the middle and then a dessert wine at the end and we make some special dessert wines including a blackberry wine and a a wine we call La Madre, which is made from dried grapes. La Madre. So, yeah, La Madre, the mother. Um, and so we, <laughs> we do a variety of wines, so they get to taste a good a representation of everything we make here. Indeed. So keep your eyes open near peel for when those tours resume. Now, do you prefer that they book those online or just call ahead or show up? Or <laughs> yeah. How, we, how we does like that work? Know, uh, we like to make sure that we take care of people, so we like to book those um, ahead of time. And once we uh, start doing tours again, Obviously, we'll have a spot on our website where people can book those tours and we'll promote them through uh, Facebook, which is our primary mode of letting people know what we're doing. Perfect. So make sure you follow them and we'll get to those uh, social media outlets here very shortly. Now, it goes without saying, Mr. Nelson, that Chrisman Mill is a perfect place for a picnic and fabulous foods are readily available for purchase in your artisan deli and bakery. So how about enlightening us, sir, on the uh, marvelous menu that the deli slash bakery has to offer? Well, we um, always have on offer some prepackaged items uh, for people to enjoy, including, of course, our wines, but also some, some simple foods so that when people show up when we're not uh, doing our dinner service, where Denise runs it from the restaurant, we have some other things to enjoy. Um, and those include everything from uh, wine, or excuse me, cheese and uh, meat trays to uh, our desserts. Uh, we're well known for our bread pudding, mm. uh, which is uh, delicious and, and something that people actually come here for sometimes as much as the wine. So Denise has really made a following with the restaurant with Fuego and the, the wonderful foods that come out of there for the artisan deli. Absolutely. Yeah. And that is the perfect segue to our next item of business here because I know that most Saturday evenings, Chris, patrons are privileged to enjoy live music along with some of Chef Denise's delicious dandies from the Fuego Outdoor Kitchen. So fill us in on the 
signature Saturday specialties that uh, we can savor and devour courtesy of the Outdoor Kitchen. Yeah, so um, in 2019, we opened a Fuego, which is our, um, that's Spanish for fire, uh, which is our kind of Argentinian Caribbean inspired grill. It's an outdoor kitchen and grill. Um, Our guests enjoy uh, dining on our beautiful patio, which overlooks the back vineyard and the side vineyard. Um, with hummingbirds accompanying you as well right now, it's a great time to come out. In fact, if people love hummingbirds, we've got 30 to 40 hummingbirds right now around our feeders. It's kind of like being in a beehive. But to get back to the restaurant, the concept was to provide um, uh, really great flavors from an outdoor grill. And what makes an outdoor grill special is that we do not have um, a like a vent hood for the smoke. And so as the as the meat is is cooking on our special Argentinian parrilla grill, uh, it's smoking at the same time. And so you get those flavors retained rather than, than pulling all that flavor out by having a, a vent hood like with an indoor grill where you're pulling all the smoke out. Um, that's what an outdoor kitchen can really do. We were inspired by a trip to Northern Baja, California a couple of years ago where we went to a five-star Michelin rated restaurant where they had outdoor Argentinian grills and the, the food uh, flavors coming off the grill were just spectacular, and Denise and I felt like we had to bring that concept back and recreate that here. Oh, and sure. So we've done that with uh, Fuego. We've done that, and uh, unfortunately, the pandemic has changed the way we've had to do things. In 2019, when we opened the re- the restaurant, we were every Saturday was a Fuego experience, and it was reservation only. It was wonderful. Last year, we delivered dinners uh, that people ordered online. Oh, and awesome. this year, yeah, and this year because of uh, a lack of staffing and difficulty hiring people to work this year. We've had to reduce Fuego down to one Saturday per month. So um, we've done that July, August, September, and we'll do that in October as well. I believe, uh, Sam, as I'm as we're speaking here um, in uh, early August, I think we've booked up almost every Fuego. Yes, I saw that on the website that all the Fuego uh, dining experiences, those are those are all full for the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, I mean we sincerely wish we could um, accommodate everybody that wants to come out on every Saturday, but this year it's just not feasible for us. But the good news is on the other Saturdays that we're not having Fuego dinners, uh, we're doing our um, uh, wood-fired pizza, and it's delicious. We've been doing pizza for years, but we've really, uh, just like the wines over time, we've perfected our recipes and for the dough and the sauces and the toppings. And we also invested this year in a, in a very nice stainless steel Italian pizza oven, which also is on the outdoor patio grill um, and, again, retains a lot of the smoke uh, because of the where, of where we've placed the grill not being indoors. And so... Mm-hmm. Uh, the pizzas are wonderful. People are loving them. And it's a less formal experience. And so people often bring their pets. They bring their kids and the kids can run around the vineyard. We've got a uh, cornhole. We've got horseshoes. Um, we've got a big patio for kids to run around and they like to run up, run around the vineyard and the herb garden and just have a great time out here as a family. See, so it's a festive like atmosphere. And in addition to those wonderful wood fire pizzas, you also serve those one of a kind street tacos, don't you? We sure do. And that, uh, again, inspired by the street taco trend right now. But Denise's uh, street tacos are amazing because unlike a lot of places where they're buying pre-made tortillas, Denise makes hand makes her own tortillas uh, by hand uh, individually for each order, as well as the meats. Then those, of course, are coming off of our outdoor grill. And so the flavors um, and the tortillas are all everything is handmade, locally prepared. Even our firewood is locally sourced for the grill. And we're doing that out of love uh, to keep people inspired and loving the, the great flavors that come out. And I, I call Denise our sauce queen. So the sauce special queen. sauces that go on those tacos are amazing as well. So 
we'd love everybody to come out and enjoy uh, our wood-fired pizzas and street tacos on the Saturdays where we're not doing Fuego. Yeah, yeah so the, you can't go wrong with anything that comes out of Chef D's kitchen. And although these special Fuego dinners are booked for the rest of the season, that doesn't mean that somebody may not back out for whatever reason. So I did see on the website that you can put your name on a waiting list. Yes. By emailing a- Denise, and that's... Um, Chrismanmill at AOL.com, C-H-R-I-S-M-A-N-M-I-L-L at AOL.com. Now, on those Fuego dinner experiences, gosh, that includes pretty much everything but the kitchen sink food-wise, right? Mm-hmm. Includes, yes, everything food-wise is all included. It's a price-fixed menu. Um, it does not include uh, drinks, but it does include all the food, and it's a great bargain. Um, and, of course, the flavors, as I said, are awesome, but... Obviously, we would love to do that more, and we, we really have a cult following for her, her restaurant. And hopefully next year, we will be back to doing Fuego every Saturday like we did in 2019 because it's a wonderful experience, and we, we, we've gained quite a bit of, of a following with just the restaurant alone, people coming from even from as far as your neck of the woods and Louisville uh, to enjoy the restaurant. See, and hopefully there'll be a lot more of those flocking your way. Now, I know that y'all close for – the season, uh, October 4th or thereabouts, right? I think October 2nd is our last uh, Fuego dinner. Um, and of course, I should also mention that even on Fuego Saturdays, um, which will be um, this coming Saturday, August 14th, uh, September 4th, and October 2nd, even on those Saturdays, our tasting room is open from 11 until we close around 4.30 or 5 to get ready for our guests coming in for the reserve dinner. But gotcha. we still will be welcoming guests and they can grab some snacks and, and of course our wines and cocktails and sangrias. So we're, we're open. We just have to close uh, the tasting room once our guests start arriving for our Fuego reservation dinners. Chris, you've been great. We sure enjoy talking to you. Now, before we unfasten your seatbelt here, in 30 seconds or less, why don't you explain why we should look no further than Chrisman Mill Vineyards and Winery to relax recharge and wind down pardon the pun (laughs) no i think you said it beautifully and and that's what denise and i really have worked very hard over the past 25 years to create is a a venue where people can come out and relax and enjoy a one to two to three hour experience in a place that um, is totally relaxing where we're going to take very good care of you you can you can taste experiences that are kentucky grown um, if you're very proud of, of what is produced right here with regard to local cuisine and wines and spirits, as well as the cocktails and sangrias that we make, and enjoy a time with your family, friends, and kids in a place that's just um, uh, kind of, our, our, many of our customers call it an oasis and a vacation spot for them. So we'd oasis. love to have everybody come out and enjoy what we've created to try to create a relaxing, a relaxing spot for everybody. Check them out on the web. It's chrismanmill.com. Also, chrismanmill.com vineyards and winery on facebook chrisman mill on twitter and chrisman mill winery on instagram did i leave any social media outlets out there chris no thank you you did it beautifully thanks very much (laughs) i do what little i can but we sure appreciate having you on i know it's harvest season so you're a busy man these days but uh best of luck with everything and we wish you continued success with the business sir Thank you so much. And thanks for having me on today on your podcast. We really appreciate you uh, highlighting what we do and come see us sometime, Sam. You bet your bottom dollar. I'll be there, Chris. 2385 Chrisman Mill Road 
in Nicholasville is where you'll find them. 40356 is that zip code, and I will link you to the website in my show notes too. So you can log on and find out anything and everything you'd ever want to know about Chrisman Mill Vineyards and Winery. They also have some great items available for purchase on the website, and don't forget to email Chris's wife, Denise, if you are interested in being added to a waiting list for one of their upcoming Fuego dinner experiences. And her email is chrismanmill at aol.com. Once again, C-H-R-I-S-M-A-N-M-I-L-L at aol.com. And uh, even if you're not fortunate enough to take that in this year, you'll definitely want to soak it in next year. Like we said, they plan to have one every weekend during the 2022 season. I think you'll quickly understand why they are so popular and fill up so fast once you get a chance to uh, experience it. So make plans to do so. And uh, besides that, though, plenty, plenty of things that they offer from the artisan deli and bakery, a perfect picnic opportunity, and the wine, the brandy, and the grappa. It's all right there for you, and the entire operation is right there in Jessamine County now. So real convenient, real easy to find, and the tours are second to none as well from Mr. Chris Nelson himself. So find out in person what all that they have to offer. In the meantime, get on their website and uh, contact them with any sort of questions you may have. I know they would absolutely love to hear from you. It was such a pleasure chatting with Chris Nelson, the uh, co-owner of uh, Chrisman Mill Vineyards and Winery, in Nicholasville. Also, Jackie Sue Smith from Jackie Blue Handmade, who we talked to first today. These are both extremely, extremely valuable local businesses, and we enjoy spotlighting these for you. But we also expect that you support them and keep them thriving, okay? Because that's what keeps the lights on at both those places and any other local business that we feature here on Blabbing in the Bluegrass. So go out there, tell them you heard about them here, and tell them Sam sent you. I know they'll both be stoked to hear that. It's been a pleasure having you along as well for this uh, edition of Blabbing in the Bluegrass. Before we wrap it up, we do have the long-awaited answer to this week's Bluegrass Brain Buster centered around Jessamine County, where we uh, featured our last local business, of course, Chrisman Mill. So John Michael Montgomery was raised in Nicholasville, born in Danville, but he was raised in Nicholasville, one of the most popular country music artists of the 1990s, John Michael was. I wanted to know, what was John Michael Montgomery's first hit on the country music charts? And your answer? Life's a dance. Life's a dance. You learn as you go. Sometimes you lead. Sometimes you follow. Even if you're not a country music fan, chances are you've heard that tune. That was John Michael's breakthrough single, and it was the title track from his debut album, Life's a Dance, which was released in 1992. This single rose all the way up into the top five, but shortly thereafter, his follow-up, I Love the Way You Love Me, Yep, I know you know it. Strong and wild, slow and easy, heart and soul so completely. That song struck gold at number one, and it led to several other number ones for John Michael in years to come. But Life's a Dance is the one that started it all. John Michael's debut hit, and it cracked the top five 
back in 1992. So kudos to Mr. Montgomery, well, both Mr. Montgomerys, uh, John Michael and his brother Eddie on the success that they've had. In fact, John Michael's son, Walker, is a musician as well, and he's looking to break through the ranks. So we'll wish him the best of luck, too. I think he's already enjoyed a degree of success down in Nash Vegas. So we'll have to keep our ears peeled for Walker Montgomery in years to come, too. But come on back next week. We'll have another Bluegrass Brain Buster and plenty more enlightening discussion. Until then, send me an email with any kind of questions, comments, suggestions for the show that you may have. Bluegrassblabbing at gmail.com is your email address. Also, don't forget about the Blabbing in the Bluegrass Facebook page, which I do want you to like and follow. All previous episodes are there. You can also stay up to date with information and teasers on future shows as they are presented. You can also make comments and leave messages. And don't forget to listen to and subscribe to Blabbing in the Bluegrass via Apple, Google Podcasts, and or Spotify. They're all free, and you can readily access the show through any of these podcast directories as well. So, I'll see you next week. It won't be the same without you if you fail to show up. So, do your duty and come on back, and in the meantime, keep laughing, keep smiling, and keep blabbing in the bluegrass. Because we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide, because we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste.